So let's go to our guest tonight. We're talking about Passover. We're talking about something that was so dear to God's heart, so dear to the son of God's heart, so dear to the heart of the Jewish people, God's chosen people, but yet the church today is not, a lot of people, Christians don't even know what it means. We're going to find out. Um, somewhere out there, uh, we've got Brent. Brent, are you there with us, buddy? I'm here. All right. So good to have you. So Brent, what is Passover? Yeah, so Passover is the story of God bringing the children of Israel out of the house of bondage, out of Egypt, through the Red Sea, and into the Promised Land. That's, that's the whole story of it. And the, the specific time frame of Passover is the last plague. And it's when the angel of death passed over every single house in Egypt, and any house that did not have the blood of the lamb on the doorposts, the firstborn was killed. Wow. So God took them out of Egypt. Obviously, the Red Sea parted, opened the way, delivered them. But he also told the people, this is something I never, I'm paraphrasing, I never want you to forget. It was so close to God's heart, so important to God's heart. Why do you believe this event was so important to God's heart, the fact that he would have them put blood over the doorpost and he would deliver them? Okay, so I'm so happy that you brought that up. I want to I jump to Exodus 12, verse 11. You brought up a, uh, a really important um, aspect of it. And that's the fact that, that um, or verse, verse 14, let's go to verse 14 first. That's the fact that uh, the end of verse 14 says that throughout your generations, you are to keep it as an eternal ordinance. David, what does eternal mean? Does that mean forever or only until Jesus comes? We need to, to me, that sounds forever. like it's forever. I, I know you yeah. like simple and I, yeah. I like simple too, right? So right. to me, that, that's forever. A lot of our understanding, what we've been taught is that when Jesus came, he came to abolish the law and he, he didn't come to abolish it. He came to abolish the curse of the law. He came to abolish the curses, which I'm so thankful for, but right. Jesus came to bring a greater understanding to it. So, and that's an, that's an important part. That's where it brings me to the gospel. That's where it brings me to Jesus. Many people uh, want to celebrate Passover but unfortunately, they go, about, they go about it in the wrong way. And I'm going to show you how that's done. In verse 11, the end of verse 11 says, it is the Lord's Passover. What have we been taught, David? We've been taught that this is a Jewish feast. That these are all Jewish feasts. And if, if we as Gentiles, we are not Jews, then we are not uh, to keep it. But it's not a Jewish feast. This is our Father's feast. It's... It's not anything that's exclusive to the Jewish people. It's, it's exclusive to those who have accepted Jesus and who have accepted him by faith. And they've inherited the blessing of Abraham, righteousness via faith. So that brings me 
to such an important and pivotal part of Passover, and that's that the focus is always the gospel. A lot of people go about it in a Jewish sort of way, and they just take on traditions from Jews, and a lot of stuff from Jews are very, very bad. So we want to stick only to what's biblical, and we see that the, the word in and of itself points towards Yeshua, towards Jesus, and this whole story of Passover is to focus our attention towards Jesus. We look far enough back. We, we only look far enough back in order to look forward. And that's to what Jesus did. So you asked why God wants us to remember this and why it's in eternal ordinance. And I believe it's because God wants us to remember what his son did and, and what Jesus did and what that blood on the doorpost of our heart means today that the angel of death passes over, that we're not under the judgment of God, that if we've put our trust fully in Jesus, then, then we're saved from his judgment. Amen. Amen. That is the nail. You hit the nail on the head. It, the blood on the doorpost was, was a preview, was a symbolic of what was to come. This, the fact that it was the blood that allowed the, uh, the people to, uh, to be delivered because the, the angel of death can't ever get past the blood, right, Brent? I mean, the blood stops the, the, the death. It only is in life. And by the way, when you asked me about Passover, did it end when Jesus came? Uh, you kind of threw me for a loop because you said forever or until Jesus came. And I'm thinking, you mean, oh, the second coming? Well, what is forever? The second coming or forever? So you threw me for a loop. But of course, when Jesus was born and brought into the world uh, and uh, was crucified and, and resurrected, um, that did not change one iota. Uh, God's love for the feast, God's love for Passover, it still remains. Let me ask you this question, Brent. Um, why don't we celebrate it today? What happened with Passover throughout the centuries with the church? What in the world has gone wrong? So, David, you've heard the famous story of Easter or, or Christmas, and they've, they've got the perfect, you know, duck or ham in, in the oven, and they, they cut off the head. And uh, finally, one, one holiday, one of the daughters asked, hey, mom, why do you cut off the head of the duck every time you, you know, cook it? Hmm. She's like, well, my, because my mom did it. And then she asked her mom, and she said, well, because my mom did it. And then she finally asked her great grandma, and her great grandma said, well, back then, our, our ovens were only this small, and, and that's how big it could fit in there. And that's what we've done is we've, we've neglected the father's ways by, by ignorance. It's, it's really not our, uh, a big part of our fault. It's just that our fathers have passed this down. And uh, we've, we've taken on a way of a very pagan way. And this is not condemnation. I'm, I'm, I'm just being honest and truthful, a very pagan way. That's not of the father. So you asked why we've forgotten this and why, why, why this has been taken out. And I believe it's the work of the enemy. Uh, I, I don't credit many things to him, but he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And he stole what was so dear to the Father because it, it pointed towards Yeshua. And I also want to make a very, uh, a very important uh, point here. 
a lot of us think, uh, and, and there is some truth to this, that, that what is within the written law is not applicable to us. And there, there is some debate. There are some things that are not applicable because it was just applicable back then. But one interesting thing about Passover and what's so cool is that it, it was before the law was given. So do, 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 you, do you get that? That it, it was not within, it, it is mentioned in the law, but it's before the law was given. So this mm. is an aspect of the father's heart that that's not uh, just that, subject to the law. That, that's so important. Um, you know, David, I, I uh, once uh, once a year I go to church and I go to uh, that, uh, you know, that Easter sunrise service. Um, and then we go hide some Easter eggs. You know, the bunny uh, drops these eggs around and we... We go, oh, it's just our kids. You know, it's not a big deal. Um, so now what's with this Passover thing, David? What are you talking about? Look, I got enough stuff going on here. You want to lay one more? Excuse me. Passover? Well, we're going to find out. Does it have anything to do with Easter? And how does God feel about the fact that most of his people don't even know what Passover is? I've got Brent with me, um, shedding some light on the subject. Brent, what, how do you think, now, I know this is conjecture, but how do, you believe, how do you think God feels when he sees his church, his people, not honoring Passover the way that I believe and you believe that we really should? I'm, I can't speak exactly for God, but I, I don't think that he's very... Um, happy about it. Of course, he's a merciful God, but he has ways and he, he set out a plan that is so important for us as believers to, to follow. So you mentioned um, Easter, and I, I believe that, I, as we said before, the Father instituted Passover so that we could have a depiction of what would come, a, a depiction of the gospel, and so we could ponder it. And what's what's happened is in the in the fourth century, about 325 AD, uh, a, a guy by the name of, of Constantine, that probably rings a bell with, within some, some church fathers, they, they decided to, to bring in Easter. And for some point, it was kind of a joint holiday, you know, Passover on the, the day of, um, uh, on, on the first day of Passover, the 14th of Nisan, and then uh, on the 16th uh, of Nisan, uh, which was the, the resurrection, they, would, they, they had Easter. And uh, what happened was mixture, and, and our father hates mixture. He hates it. I'm, I'm just going to be blunt with you guys. He, he does not like it at all. And slowly what started to happen is it's Constantine decided, hey, we're just going to knock out this Passover. And there was major anti-Semitism within those days, and that continued on. So what, what's happened is God's, God's day, um, which is so uh, has so much depth, and it points towards the gospel, and it's life-changing. It's not a... It's not a duty. It's not something of the outward works of the law. It's nothing like that. It's, it's, it's pointing towards Yeshua and Jesus and what he did. And what happened was that became a replaced by a pagan holiday, which on the outside seems good. People are like, hey, Easter brings my relatives to church once a year. You know, Easter talks about he is risen, right? I mean, you, you would agree, David. People say, right. hey, you know, don't, don't talk against Easter because it, it, it at least uh, – Nominally, yeah, brings people to church Jesus, once a year. Right? Anything to get people in yeah, church, church, right? Yeah. Yeah, and and my response to that 
is you know if if a dad is uh, is building a brand new house for his family and he he puts the newest appliances in a in, in an awesome uh, uh you know entertainment room and just builds an incredible house and then he lets me know hey by the way by the way brent the foundation i, I actually use toothpicks i say i don't know why you'd use to toothpicks for the foundation he says well you know don't worry about the foundation don't worry about what, what it was down there don't worry about what it was before uh, right now it's really good and right now my kids enjoy the the, the house i'm like hey man your foundation is off you know mm. like I, I i know you say that it's a, it's a good thing now but the foundation is off and here's the thing david here's the thing if we as the church the body of believers not necessarily the church building the body of believers if we decided to line ourselves up with the father to line ourselves up with jesus and and to do what he's asking us to do i believe that we would see a greater harvest among unbelievers than we've ever seen before mm. i believe that as we start to walk in his ways we will see a pure uh bride and we will see a, a real harvest so you believe that i'm going to kind of paraphrase maybe put I, I don't want to put words in your mouth but you believe that we have not reached our potential as as um as christ followers as god's children we've not tapped into the power that's really there because we have not stepped up to the plate and honored what it is that's so close to god's heart which is passover right yeah celebrating something that's a pagan holiday like Easter could even cause God's children to go in reverse, could even bring on sickness, could even bring on anxiety to bring on things, give the devil a chance to get in there and start working things, okay? So I, I want to tag on to this, and this may be what you were going to bring up. Uh, I know there's people out there listening that may be saying, David, Brent, uh, we're under grace. Uh, God doesn't require the law. God doesn't require these things. You know, it's not about what God requires. It's what was created for us, for us to enjoy, for us to, uh, to be a part of, of, of something that he made for us. It's not about cracking a whip and somebody saying, do this, do that. What say you on that? Absolutely. Absolutely. As I said before, it was given before the law. It's, it's something that, that uh, was ordained before that. And it's, it's only for our good. Um, it's not something that's, that's against us. It's only for our good. And I, I just want to preface all this was saying that if you're somebody that that has celebrated easter i let to just to let you know i'm i'm young and i just last year celebrated passover the, for, for the first time just as a family we just got a little bit of lamb together and ate it you know it was, it was imperfect right but but um if you're somebody that does celebrate easter this is not a message of condemnation one bit i just want to be clear with that this is a message of hope and this is a message of the gospel saying to you that the father wants to take us deeper that Jesus wants to take us into deeper intimacy and deeper closeness with him. And for seven days, we get to ponder the gospel. We get, we get to, to, to think about what he's done for us and how he's set us free from the bondage of Egypt, from the bondage of sin, and how he's brought us into freedom in Christ. So I just want to let you guys know that this is not condemnation. This is hope because it's based on truth. Absolutely, absolutely. Brent, I appreciate everything you do. I appreciate everything you've said. 
And I appreciate the fact that you as a young person, a millennial, is actually, well, you're seeking truth. And it sounds like to me you found it. Before we go, what word can you give to people out there? And I'm going to say especially young people, millennials, um, if you want to do Passover, uh, if you want to, what's the first step a person can do? The first thing that I would recommend is to get alone, get quiet with God, and get into the Word, and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. Don't, it's so easy to do what man does. There's a lot of different things out there as far as Passover. There's a lot of weird things. But mm -hmm. stick to what yeah. the Word right. does, and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you. And start simple. Start small, you know. Um, the Father looks yeah. at the heart. He looks, the most important thing is to just make forward steps, you know. So as long as you're yeah. making forward steps towards truth, then you're on the right path. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And um, when we come back, um, I'm going to bring uh, a pastor on, Pastor Mike, who's going, I'm going to ask him, hey, look, um, do you celebrate Easter in your church? Do you hide Easter eggs? He may say yes. He may, I, I'm not sure. But, but if he doesn't, what word would he have for someone out there going to church that would be involved in a church that is actually celebrating Easter, okay? We've been talking to Brent. Brent's a young millennial. It's on fire for God. Brent, thank you so much. I really appreciate your tenacity. I thank you for, for your hunger for the truth. We're talking about Passover, and this may be new to you, and you may have heard about it for quite some time today, but I want to I want to try this. What Brent was talking about is first pray. We need to pray and see what exactly God has planned for us in the way of reaching out to places that celebrate Passover. Maybe you don't want to run someplace and just go, oh, I just want to go celebrate Passover. There's a lot of legalism out there. There's a lot of tradition out there. There's a lot of, eh, it's just not, it scares me. I got to tell you, uh, they've turned it into this religion, okay? And you don't want to go that way either. It's got to be Holy Spirit led. Uh, I want to bring on uh, my good friend, Pastor Mike Spalding. <laughs> I want to ask uh, him a question about uh, this past this uh, Easter thing going on here. Pastor, you there with me, buddy? David, I sure am. <laughs> always, I always have the good questions for you. Well, I appreciate you telling me that the question was coming, though. So, hey, we're making progress. <laughs> Shoot, I sh I didn't mean to do that. I let that one out of the bag. I'm sorry. And, and you know, I don't know. We've talked about this, maybe, and uh, forgive me if I don't remember, but. Uh, I think I know the answer, but do you do you celebrate Easter and hide Easter eggs in your church, or what say you on on this? No, no, we no we don't, David. And you you would guess correctly because <laughs> I think you know me well enough yeah. by now. Right? Yeah. No, no, we don't do that. And yeah, uh, I don't even I don't even use the word Easter. It's mm -hmm. it's it's Resurrection Sunday, and yeah. if we were going to be accurate. We should really look at uh, when Passover occurs, and and we should point to that Sunday as the correct Resurrection oh. Sunday because uh, it, it it has nothing to do. And and Brent was right, by the way. Brent was absolutely right that it was changed, um, but it has nothing whatsoever to do with the first full moon after the vernal. Uh, equinox and you know all of that was changed mm -hmm. by the roman catholic church 
to distance itself from its its Jewish roots, which was a travesty to begin with. But anyway. Yeah, and, and why do you think they, this has happened in the way, I know it's the enemy, I know it's Satan wanted to take people away from God's true plan, but what do you think the agenda is behind this, the purpose of people not celebrating Passover? What, what, is, what does Satan have to gain from having God's people not participate in Passover? Well, it's the same strategy that he has uh, instituted and employed in, in American public schools. It's called dumbing down people. And so if you dumb them down, you disconnect them from their history and an and understanding of, of the purpose, the symbolism, and the fulfillment of, of all of those holidays and feasts, then they just don't know what is coming. And that's why so many people are, are, are afraid or, or ignorant of prophecy, but if they understood it correctly, they would be excited, David. Yeah, yeah. Well, what about someone that's going to church, Pastor, and they're in a church, and they're hearing this for the first time, and this church celebrates hiding Easter eggs, and they do call it Easter, and they don't know anything about Passover. The preacher gets up there and just does his Easter Sunday deal. What should a, I know you can't tell a person to do something, but how does God view that? Would a person be doing well by getting out of there? Is, is that, I mean, is that something they should be concerned about, a bit of uh, honoring a pagan god, Easter? Esther? Well, the first thing that, that they can do is approach the pastor, uh, not in a confrontational manner because that won't be received. Um, but approach the pastor and, and, and just ask or, or maybe make a statement and, and ask for his comments or feedback that Resurrection Sunday is, is really tied to Passover. And we should be looking at that and not this, this celebration, this secular Easter and, and all of these trappings and just see what his comments are and, and his thoughts. And then you'll know whether or not you need to leave because if he digs in, and defends and or, or, or gets defensive uh, or angry, then it's probably time to leave because because you're not going to change that pastor's mind. Okay, last question, um, real quick. Should we as God's people celebrate Passover, the Passover feast, in the way that well, the way Jesus celebrated it when he walked the face of the earth? I think it would be a good thing for Christians to do. In fact, David, I, I just attended. This past Friday evening, a Christ in the Passover uh, celebration presentation where uh, a facilitator walked us through all of the elements of the cedar and, and described how they were symbolic, what they represented, and the importance of it. And, as it, and it fulfills uh, mm -hmm. Christ's uh, ministry and his second return. So I think there's great value in Christians understanding Passover, even to the degree of maybe maybe uh, celebrating and putting on a Seder dinner for the congregation so they can have a firm grasp. That creates a word picture, David, that you don't soon forget. Absolutely, absolutely. Pastor, like always, God bless you. I really appreciate you and your ministry, you and your lovely wife. I want to thank you so much. Thank you, David. God bless you, brother. I appreciate you and Anita very much. You're welcome. And Pastor Mike has a show on davidhevener.tv, um, Bible and Prayer channel every week. Uh, delivers a powerful 
sermon, a powerful reading of God's word. Thank you, brother. Thank you, David. All right. So when we come back, uh, we're not leaving everyone. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be doing uh, going underground. Okay. For this special uh, program, uh, it's going to be a little different. We're going to invite everybody to go underground with us. This time, you don't have to be a member. I'm, I'm going to open it up once. Uh, if you're not a member of David Heavener TV, you, you can still go underground just for this one time. Okay in all fairness to the people who are members, but God's calling me and saying, David, we need to, to there's some needs out there and we need to, to meet the needs. Now, if you haven't joined David Heavener TV, uh, please do so. It's only $4 and 99 cents a month. And um, Jared, if you wanna put up, uh, go ahead and put the site up, but you, we have seven channels of truth, okay? And the seven channels of truth we have, uh, the original TV series channel. We have original programming. This is where Last Evangelist is going to be. Uh, we have uh, the Right to Life Saving Babies. Um, we have the Health Channel, uh, Health God's Way, and we have the Bible and Prayer Channel. And it's as we get a little bit of money at a time, we're building it. We're humble, but but we're doing the best we can. But they're going to unplug us from all these other platforms. Okay. Um, we must really come together and have our own place to be. And davidhevener.tv is the place when they all disconnect us, we're going to be able to go there and keep our community going. And so I appreciate your help. Please sign up.